We made it. Welcome to the first episode of the Farm to Fork podcast. Um, before I before I even get into anything, I want to take a little moment to thank all of you guys. Um, you guys were blowing me up, kept lighting that fire under me. Um, you know, pushing me to get these episodes out, get this episode out to really start, you know, so, uh, thank you for all your patience. Thank you for, you know, all the support. It really means a lot to me. Um, and yeah, um, I'm going to give you guys a little life update at the beginning of every episode. So here it is. Um, we are on vacation currently living life. Life is good. Um, it's very rare, very rare in my in my career that I, you know, have the time to wake up in the morning and not have really anything planned. So, you know, I'm just taking everything day by day, um, you know, so there was no, I thought there was no better time than to really get this done. So thank you guys and welcome to the show where we, you know, get in depth, we get into the little itsy bitsy details about our wonderful hospitality industry because well this is a world that people you know overlook sometimes but they re- like it's it's way deeper than than it may seem so I just really wanted to you know get into that so today on the podcast we have someone very very special um and I say special because in our industry in hospitality it is um it's it's hard nowadays you know finding people with like the proper mix of talent passion um creativity professionalism um which you know make you a force to be reckoned with and i can gladly say that our guest today is a force to be reckoned with uh in our field um, without any further ado, please help me welcome the great pastry chef, Valentin Vexina. Welcome. Thank you very much. <laughs> How are you doing today, chef? Very good. And good. you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Thank you for, you know, thank you for being the first. This is a, a big deal for me. So no, no, for me. thank you for being here. Um, how's the weather treating you right now? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, very good. Yeah, have you ever been? Uh, you ever been to a place with this kind of climate, this kind of uh, cold weather, the, the minus twenty threes? Uh, the... No, that's the first time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think the last one as well. <laughs> For sure, it can be tough. Uh, it can definitely be tough. Yeah. How long have you been in Montreal? Uh, it's been. It's gonna be one year okay. next month. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, mid January, awesome. uh, mid February. Mid February, yeah. yeah. This is the peak season. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> today was nice though. It wasn't too cold. Uh, it wasn't too cold today. No, not that much. But I remember when I um, first arrived, like a year ago. Um, I went to Quebec, mm-hmm. and the temperature was like minus thirty-eight outside, <laughs> which was really, really cold. For sure. So I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it. You can say it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so I'm going to just immediately go in here, uh, into your background. Um, where are you from? Yeah. 
Uh, and how was it like growing up there? And like your family situation, you have siblings, all that stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, where are you from? Um, I'm from a small town in the middle of France named Vichy. Okay. It's uh, right in the middle of France, close to Clermont-Ferrand, which is the biggest city nearby. Mm -hmm. um, I'm born then on the 15th of August in 1992. 92. That makes you... Uh, Almost 32. Yeah. <laughs> Getting old. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, life was good over there. Yeah. I grew up like, um, like good. Mm -hmm. I have one, uh, one sister, one small brother, yeah. young brother. And I'm in the middle, in the middle. which is a, a good position. Absolutely, just yeah. like me. It is. The, really? best, the best position. Oh, yeah. you know that. Yeah. I have two little brothers and an older sister. Cool. So, right, yeah, in the right in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. The best position. The best position. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, cool. uh, yeah, um, I mean, my life was kind of normal over there. Like it's a countryside of France. Mm -hmm. So um, I grew up with all my family and uh, grandfather, grandmother. Okay. And uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then uh, I was not this kind of guy who liked school at that time. Mm -hmm. So I was uh, messing around at school. Yeah. <laughs> like a lot. A bad boy. Kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when I was uh, 13 years old, um, I discovered pastry. Yeah. I didn't know that much at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, I asked uh, my parents if I could do a stage in pastry kitchen. Mm -hmm. So I found my first one, my first stage when I was 13 years old. Okay. Uh, it was like uh, 20 kilometers away from my uh, parents' house. I went there for two weeks okay. and I discover a completely new world mm -hmm. you know like a adult world yeah yeah I was a, a child at that moment and for uh, sure 13 yeah. is 13 is young 13 yeah is young. he's really young so um, I done my two weeks over there was yeah. really good I uh, really enjoy it mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't know at that time that I was uh, I found my my passion for life you know like okay. uh, I found my um, my true job you didn't know at that time no I didn't know at that time okay so after that, I went back to school mm -hmm. and I decided to, on my last year of school, I decided to, to do, um, uh, we call this in France, uh, troisième techno. Okay. Which is, uh, you have to, to, to get to, that, to that class to find your professional way. Yes. So I went to this class, mm -hmm. which uh, allowed me to, to work in a pastry kitchen uh, as a stage for one year. Okay. So I've done like four five stages uh, in total. Wow. Yeah. And this Troisième Techno, this is like a culinary school or it's... Uh, Not at all. It's like um, you have a normal school mm -hmm. and it's kind of uh, a brand inside uh, for people that doesn't want to to go to university or whatever, you know what I mean? It's for people who want to start uh, to work like okay. uh, early mm -hmm. in life. So I went there. And I did a fifth stage in a pastry kitchen in total. Oh. And after that, I start my um, my first uh, diploma in okay. pastry in the really first place where I did my stage when I was 13 years old. Wow! So I've been there for two years. Nice. And I did Full my uh, yeah I did my CAP uh, pâtissier. Mm -hmm. And after that, I start to love my job like okay. a, a lot. But it was not really easy at that time, you know. I uh, Spent two years. I was 14 years old. With, uh, I was with people where they were like uh, 20, 25, 30 Absolutely. years old. So I was uh, just a kid in the middle of the kitchen. So mm -hmm. it was really hard for me to find my place and to to grow up 
in uh, in this uh, this area you know yeah but um, this helped uh, helped me a, a lot at that time awesome yeah and so you said you started at 13 like that was your first experience in a kitchen yeah is that the like the age where a lot of people in france or in that area start at or was it really just you uh, uh it could be mm-hmm. it's not everybody it could be but um, like as i told you I, i didn't like that much school at that time so yeah. i had to find something to do in my life absolutely and uh, i found my way in, in pastry mm-hmm. but you're allowed to start at uh, at a 14 years old in france it's a pre-apprentissage mm-hmm. the name so you can start to work at that time okay So it's been now almost 16, 17 years that I start. Wow. <laughs> wow. So since this time, um, can you give me a little bit of your like your trajectory in kitchens in different places and different... Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, after my uh, first two years uh, in pastry kitchen, mm-hmm. I got my diploma as a pastry chef, as a pastry, sorry. Mm-hmm. And uh, after that, I did a CAP chocolatier okay. for one year. Where I used to learn how to make chocolate, how yes. to work with chocolate. Mm-hmm. After that, I did a CAP Glacier, okay. the the best diploma for me. Um, like that's that's ice sculptures and stuff like this. Yeah, I learned how to Incredible. to to make ice cream, sorbet, all the um, technology uh, around okay. the, this part of the mm-hmm. job. It was really interesting. And after that, I did a BTM Pâtissier which okay. is a brevet technique des métiers is the highest diploma that you can uh, mm-hmm. you can make okay. in the pastry uh, section awesome uh, in total uh, i've been doing uh, pastry school for six years okay it's a lot that's for a long yeah that's didn't like uh, school <laughs> at that time but uh, absolutely yeah. that's yeah. a long time yeah here in uh well in canada well it's different kind of everywhere mm-hmm. i know for example in montreal um average time for pastry school is like a, like a year year and a half maybe two years oh, and yeah. that's if you're you know that's if you're that's like the basic obviously okay, yeah. you can you can expand and do other things but yeah like a yeah year just to learn the, the basics like exactly. one year and a half okay. yeah but it's like in france if you do mm-hmm. the, the basic uh, diploma it's like two years and uh, you can be pâtissier at that time yes okay but i wanted more than being pâtissier at that time you know absolutely i wanted to learn more about the the job and the What is it possible to do in my job? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is why I ended with a BTM pâtissier. Yeah, that was the diploma for being a chef. Yeah, of a production. Okay. Yeah. So, you finished this. Yep. After six years of of schooling. Yep. What's the next step? What are, where's your head at? Uh, you after that, I felt like I could uh, carry the world on my shoulder. Like, uh, I'm. I'm the best of the world and I was uh, full of ambition. I yeah. was like, yeah, uh, I will do I, I will do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, I found a job uh, as a responsable de production okay. in, a, in a small uh, pastry shop in, in Lyon, in France. Okay. And uh, it's been a tough year because I realized that after m- my school, I was not able to take a, a position of a responsable, you know. Yes. So I decided to quit the job. And I found another job as a just pâtissier mm-hmm. for one year, still in Lyon. So I kept improving my uh, my skills at that time. And after that, I uh, I got a job as a sous chef pâtissier in a two Michelin star restaurant in France. Wow! And that's the beginning of wow. uh, of my of career. Yeah, for everything. We're gonna we're gonna get into that actually. Uh, before we continue, 
Um, Michelin, for those who don't know, is when you hear of a Michelin star restaurant, this is the highest acclaim that you can have um, as a chef in a restaurant from one star to three stars, which is the best of the best. And yes, for those wondering, Michelin is actually the uh, the, the Michelin man who makes the tires. It's this. These are the people that um, that go around anonymously rating restaurants, um, making sure that their standards are to the highest levels. Um, so yeah, and it actually started with uh, well, they're a tire company, so you have. In order to make a road trip to the restaurant, you know, you buy their tires and that's the way that they, you know, kind of get you to visit restaurants and use their products and stuff. So really cool. Um, Michelin restaurants. Yep. That's a, it's, it's, it's a whole nother world. Oh yeah. Completely. Whole nother world. Yeah. Um, I discovered a new world at that time. For sure. Because Absolutely. That was my first time in a, in a restaurant mm-hmm. because I, I, I used to work like for seven years before in a pastry shop, okay. only in a shop, boutique. like a boutique, yes, mm-hmm. just boutique. And I rediscovered a new world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how do you, first of all, um, how does it work? How do you get in? How do you get into a mission start restaurant? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> do you just uh, apply? I, I, no, at that time, uh, I had a friend. He's still my friend, actually. Uh, it's um, one of my oldest friends. Uh, used to be sous chef over there okay. and he called me one day like uh, hey Valentin uh, I'm leaving I'm leaving um, the, this place this restaurant uh, do you want to replace me as a sous chef at that time I was like okay so I'm maybe am I still young or am I able to do it because yes. I was like 21 22 years old and I did it mm-hmm. like uh, I called him back like two days after I say okay I'm done uh, I, yeah let's go for it wow. Cool. Yeah, but I didn't realize that uh, how much could yeah. <laughs> what it means. Yeah, what, what it really, means, what yeah, it really means. So, tell me, tell me what it's like uh, working in a Mission Star restaurant. Like, what did you, what did your day to day look like? What did you do every day? It's kind of hard, but it's so so good if you want to learn a, a good skills and how to be a really good professional and uh, how to increase your passion for the for the job. Yes. Yeah. Uh, basically, I was studying at. Eight in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, we were doing coupure. So we start from eight in the morning until uh, four, okay. and we restart the job at five until midnight or one a.m. in the night. So I was working like sixteen, seventeen long, hours long a day. Yeah, yeah, for just, sure. Yeah, I didn't sleep that much, but I learned so much. Absolutely. I spent one year over there, and I learned so much mm-hmm. from the job, from my coworkers, from me, from everything. It was a such a good experience. What year was this? La Mer Brasier. What year? Sorry? What year? What year? Yeah, what year was this? Uh, 2014, something okay. like this. 2014. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and the name, tell me again? La Mer Brasier. La Mer Brasier. Yeah, it's a two Michelin star restaurant. Still have, still, still, still to this two, day? Yeah. They're still Beautiful. looking for the third one, but you know, it's hard to get it. For sure. Yes. That jump from two to three is... Yes. It's hard. It is. And so, <clears throat> when we're talking about like, a lot of people in their heads, I don't know what it's like in a mission star restaurant. I've never yeah. been in one, you know. Um, you think of like a, like an insane, first of all, level of competition. Yeah. That everyone there is obviously working towards the goal of being the best you can be. Of course. But are there some times where it's kind of like toxic? It is. 
definitely. It's like uh, people over there just uh, thinks about their own career. You know what I mean? They they're just there to to climb the um, to climb the scale exactly un- until the the top mm-hmm. of the scale. And um, if they can like uh, smash you at the they same will. time, they will. Of exactly. Course. Yes. Kind of the mentality of like if you look bad, it makes me look better. Exactly. So, so yeah, it's kind of toxic and hard, but uh, you're mm-hmm. still learning at the same time. So sure. you can do it like for a few years if you want, but uh, it's impossible to spend your entire life in this kind of uh, environment. Environment. It's super toxic. Yeah. So, what would you say are like the pros and cons of working in a Michelin star restaurant? The good, the good, and the bad. Um, let's start with the good one. Yeah, because I always uh, love the good one. <laughs> uh, the good one is to improve your skills and uh, to yeah to to improve yourself yeah. as a person, as a professional, and uh, to to yeah. Mm-hmm. Fair. Yeah. So. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and the bad one is uh, yeah toxic environment yeah. and uh, long hours and the. Uh, yeah, well, psychological under pressure as well, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. all this kind of thing, you know. Like uh, after seventeen hours of uh, shift, mm-hmm. I remember the the fridge was not that clean or organized in a good way, and the chef went into the fridge and he got super mad. He said, "What the hell is that?" So yeah. he threw everything away from the fridge at one a.m. in the night, and we were like. Uh, all your mise en place. Yeah, all the mise en place, all the veg, all the fruits, and uh, we were like, like w- <laughs> were cleaning everything from the floor and uh, doing everything again in the night. Oh my God. Because it was not that good. After yeah. 17 hours, you got to do all this over. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, <laughs> you, hear, you, you hear that a lot. So, you've been doing this for some time. Yes, for um, a few years, yeah. Beautiful. And, you know, so... You, 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 you've worked with strict chefs for sure. Very, very hard yes. chefs, like you're saying. Well, um, I learned a lot from them. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Those are the guys you learn the most from. Um, whether it's by fear, by, you know. Yeah. There's still, they're still a, like a very high level of respect, even if they're throwing away your mise en place and they're throwing things at you. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, working in an environment like this mm-hmm. and then... You fast forward to uh, we're in now 2024, okay? Um, what would you say are some of like the main differences that you see from back in that time into now? Uh, I think that the mentality has changed since that time, mm-hmm. and for good. For good? Yeah, for good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure about that because uh, it's impossible right now to to act like this in the kitchen. Yeah. Maybe it's if uh, those kind of things are still going on in the kitchen. Not even in France, around the world, in the, this Michelin star kitchen. Yeah. But the, um, the thing is, uh, yeah, is there a really good things that uh, all the these things has changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you being from that old school mentality, kind of, let's say, mm-hmm. does it still like play a? Does it have an effect on you when you see the times are changing now and that a little bit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes I got mine inside of me. I cannot show up. That yeah. is, uh, I got inside. I get mm-hmm. mad, but uh, yeah. Because I used to learn on that way, and it has to be on that way, and not in that other way, you know. For sure, yes, yeah, so. for sure. But I'm still, no, I'm getting open mind now. Yes, and, um, yeah. I know that there is a uh, many many ways to work mm-hmm. in our av- environment now. Fair, yeah. 
I feel um, I'm in like the like the in between category. I want to say mm-hmm. because I am. Yeah, I'm from the new school. I uh, started like really professionally in 2017. Okay, but I've been trained by um, some chefs from this time, mm-hmm. especially working at some of the places in Montreal. I'm not gonna say where, but hard, hard, hard places. You know, like where they they really. It's not a mission star restaurant, but you feel like you're in one. Your chef is really on you, and he's, you know, degrading you at the end of service, and he's, you know, they really make you feel it. So, but me, it's a good way to learn. Absolutely, it's yeah. a great way to learn. It's a really, really great way to learn because you're, you're really like, learning everything's sharp, sharp. Like exactly. Uh, yeah. There's no like slacking off, and there's no like, you know, if it's not perfect, your chef is going to tell you that it's not perfect and yeah. why, and he's going to make you feel like shit. Yeah, you know, and you will have to do it again, and you got to do it again. Yeah, exactly, so might as well just yeah. do it right the first time, right? Yeah. Um, but this is why I don't understand sometimes why we don't do things in the good way at the first time. Yeah, you know? yeah, but but also it's not <laughs> as crazy as it is to say. It's like people have, like people have rights now. Like cooks mm-hmm. and chefs, they have rights now. You know, what it, back in the day, if you were tired, you know, sixteen hours a day or whatever, no one cares. Of course, no, no one gives. A, no one cares. Yeah. You're gonna come into work and you're gonna you're gonna do what you have to do, no matter what. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, I worked, I worked a ten hour day. I'm gonna have tomorrow off, and you're going to your chef and you're complaining. And there's, I see this sometimes, and I'm like, okay, cool, I get it. Like we're humans, we're humans, you know. But also, it's like, fuck, you guys uh, wouldn't survive in another era, or even just a few years ago, you know, like. Pre, sure that, pre-COVID yeah. it wouldn't work so yeah and that's the thing I realized that things have changed since COVID yes it's changed a, a lot, lot in our industry a yes, lot a lot a lot the mentality and the the main d'oeuvre the main d'oeuvre is, a, is a huge one yes you're having guys now that like it was to a point during well like after COVID it's like if you got two legs and two arms were taking you like come work Yeah, which is fucking, which is crazy because but for me it doesn't work. No, so but th- you have to get a little bit of skills, you know, to work in the kitchen, to how to handle a, a knife and Absolutely. how to cook perfectly. And uh, Absolutely. Yeah. We're, uh, you know, still working on that. It's getting better. It's getting better it is, for it sure. Is. But it's still, uh, it's still definitely hard. Still definitely hard. Um, so let's pull away from work a little bit. Yeah. Um, As everyone knows, we like we said work uh, very as chefs very long days. Um, you know, you have no days off. No day no day off is promised. You know, you never know what time you're gonna actually get off of work. What time you're gonna finish? Um, what do you like when you finally get your day off? What do you like to do for fun? Sleeping. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, I'm do, I'm going to the gym okay. basically, yeah. To yeah, I can tell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thank you. Uh, I'm going to the gym or um, just uh, renting a car, you know, and going on the countryside mm-hmm. and uh, walking around. Yeah, yeah. You've been telling me that you went to uh, Mont Tremblant recently. Yeah, Mont Tremblant. It was great. Saint Sauveur yesterday. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I love. Oh yeah, going, yeah. I love going to the countryside. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I'm just chilling at home, you know, like sitting on the on the sofa watching uh, movies uh, mm-hmm. with my wife and uh, awesome yeah. awesome that's great you told me uh, you told me you were skating on uh, on a lake not long ago yep where was that 
um, Saint Adolphe de Ward okay. and, um, le lac des Césiles and uh, yesterday Sainte Marguerite du lac Masson another lake yes You're... I love skating uh, on the lake <laughs> I could never do that that's, that's super Why? scary that's so scary yeah but it's made for yeah no <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> Oh my god, especially if you see cracks in the you see cracks in the lake. Yeah. So, oh. I so. <laughs> <laughs> and you go at night too, huh? Yeah. I, I did once at night with my wife, but that was a CDID. ID. That's actually, <laughs> yes. <laughs> After how many glasses of wine? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a few. <laughs> and uh we we just decided to go for ice skating on the on the lake, but uh it was not made for that. No. And we saw a huge crack mm -hmm. in the middle of the lake and we can hear. Mm -hmm. That it's not really good to to skate on the on the, on the ice, mm -hmm. but we did it. It was yeah, fun. It was great. But I won't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. Like you did it once. Yeah, only oh, once. Uh, That was silly, but it was funny. Now the next thing is skiing. Hmm. Skiing is great. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> I think snowboarding is really shitty, like like super hard. Yeah. Um, but skiing is fun. Like once you get the hang of it. I think skiing could be super. Yeah, you can uh, enjoy it. Yeah. yeah, you can enjoy it. You know, but you know, I must some It's someone who likes um, like water sports. Okay, like a surfing or you know this kind of things. Mm -hmm. I don't really like the mountain sports. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I definitely don't like water sports. I cannot swim, so fair enough. I'm afraid of water, to be honest with you. Um, now I'm gonna go to my previous uh, my previous question. Yeah. Um, With the long hours, like we're getting back into long hours and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that like some chefs uh, over exaggerate the the long hour like stereotype of uh, you know? Have you like have you seen? Um, I've seen a few chefs. I'm not gonna you know. I've seen a few chefs kind of like really complain about you know I'm working this this amount of time this long whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you actually look at these people work. They're not really doing much. Yeah, you know, I saw, uh, <laughs> yeah, some chefs like this already, <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know. It's like, if you really did what you had to do in the in the time that was given to you, yeah. you wouldn't have to work all these hours, and you'd be, yeah, you know, you really see them like if you work organized and fast in a good way. Yeah, you don't need to spend that much time at work. Absolutely, yeah. I knew a, I knew a chef that was really. Um, And this great guy is my buddy. He's my buddy. Um, at the time, for him, working extremely long hours was like a sign to show to his team that like I'm here and I'm trying and I'm doing this. Which, in some cases, it works. Yeah. But in other cases, it's like let's look at it from like an executive standpoint, where you're hiring a chef de cuisine to, you know, complete a job. If you have to come in on your day on every single one of your days off, and you've been working 20 days in a row. For them, it's kind of just like you cannot finish a task in the time that we've given you. Yeah. So it ends up like backfiring and it looks bad on you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree with you yeah, mm. about that. Yeah. So all the chefs out there, make sure you're getting your shit done in a timely manner. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take a little, little sip. sip break. Cheers. <laughs> It's good wine. Yeah, I like it a lot. 
French one are always the best. Uh-huh. French from uh, French from where? Uh, south of France. I've oh. been to the south of France. Languedoc. I don't know where that is. I think my uh, where is that? Uh, yeah. how, how south are we talking? Languedoc is um, close to Montpellier. Near, okay. Nearby Montpellier. Okay. You have the Côte d'Azur, Languedoc. It's a Côte Languedocienne. Okay. Yeah. I went to Montpellier and I hated it. Why? <laughs> 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 I hated it. Um, okay, we're going to do a quick story time, okay? Yep. <laughs> it was just a layover, okay? So I was... Um, we were actually heading to... If I'm not mistaken, it was Aix-en-Provence. Yep. And we were stopping off... Yes. We were stopping off in uh, in Montpellier for like two or three hours. Nice place, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. Uh, the bus was coming in two hours, so we had two hours to waste. So, you know, um, with my girlfriend, and we just walk around. We're walking around. We find, a, like, a cute little spot on a on a little sidewalk. It's, like, next to a mall. There's tables outside. It's nice outside. Okay, let's sit down, you know? Um, out of nowhere, there's this guy... <laughs> There's this guy. He's wearing like a full uh, Adidas tracksuit. Yeah. So already you know, you know the, you know, you know the vibes. <laughs> he comes up to us and he's like, "Yo, bro, um, I'm gonna take care of you. You know, sit right there. I'm gonna bring you out a menu. And <laughs> um, yeah, we're gonna take care of you. Sure. The guy disappears. Okay, okay. disappears. I don't. I, tw- Thirty minutes. I'm waiting like literally thirty minutes for this guy to bring me uh, a menu. Nothing. Mean, meanwhile, his friends are just outside. They're smoking. There's kids walking by. I saw a little girl. She was like eight years old, smoking a cigarette. At, well, asking for cigarettes, coming up to me. Yo, yo, hot a cigarette? What? No. <laughs> I swear to God, I'm like, what? The, what's going on here? Whatever. So I'm like, okay, this guy's never coming back. I'm just gonna go inside. We're gonna look. We needed somewhere to put our luggage to, you know. So put it in there. I'm gonna go inside. Um, I wasn't too hungry. I mean, no, I'm gonna get a little smoothie or something, tu vois? Um, so I'm walking around. It's a nice, nice place. Many, many restaurants, many stands in there. So I find a stand. I get a smoothie, and I come back and I drink it. This time, me and my girlfriend, you know, we're talking, and then this guy finally comes back, and he's like, "Where'd you get that?" Pointing at my smoothie. I'm like, "Well, I got it in there." He's like, did you get it from the place I told you to get it? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, I told you if you sit here, you can only get it from this specific restaurant. This is our table. Nah, nah, nah. I'm like, you didn't tell me where to go, so I just went uh, <laughs> I went anywhere. Sense. I didn't know there was multiple places in there, you know? He's like, this is, the <laughs> this is the way you repay me. I let you sit down here for six hours. You've been out here for six hours sitting down. I've been super nice to you. We accommodated you. And I'm just like, what, what the fuck are you <laughs> talking about? What are you talking about? I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, you know what? Let's go now. Yeah. Let's get our stuff. Like, I don't want to, yeah, much better. Yeah. you know, yeah. fight in Montpellier. No, thank you. So, no, never again. Didn't like it yet. Never, never again. again. <laughs> I understand. I get it. <laughs> never again. Um, I've been talking about my girlfriend. Yep. Um, do you have a girlfriend? Yep. You have a wife? Wife, girlfriend? yes. Awesome. You guys been together for a little while? Five years. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. We met uh, each other in Lyon. 
Okay. Uh, she was working in Marriott Hotel in Lyon. Mm -hmm. And I was working there just with the agency, you know, like a few missions sometimes. Yes. And I met her there. And uh, since that time, we, we've been together. Awesome. Yeah. That's nice. So I know what it's like being in this industry, um, you know, working long hours once again. Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, not knowing when your next day off is, all this good stuff. How do you, um, how do you make it work? Uh, like, what do you mean? Like, you know, just having to, because listen, I think not having a set schedule is like the one thing in a relationship that really doesn't work. You don't know when you guys are going to yeah. be able to spend time together or things like this. So, but, yeah. <clears throat> It's very important to say, though, that if you guys are working in a similar field yeah. or in the same field. This is why I arrange myself to do not work in the evening. Mm -hmm. I know it doesn't work uh, every time, but mm -hmm. uh, because my wife is working for the breakfast and the lunch, mm -hmm. like all the time, because she loves those shifts. So she's working the, she, she's more morning person. So I'm trying to arrange my schedule and to do not work in the night, to spend time with her. Okay. But about the days off, it's like uh, randomly, you know, sometimes we got the same days off or sometimes we don't yeah it depends so yeah it's kind of a, a weird life you know because you cannot manage to going on a weekend with your wife yeah. to organize something in advance and uh yeah okay it's kind of uh i wouldn't say weird life because this is the life that we chose absolutely but, uh, absolutely i'm happy with that yeah I, I we found a good balance between mm -hmm. work and personal life and uh it's good it's awesome and we have the chance to work together right now in the same company and we're going to Bora Bora yes and we're gonna work in the same company as well awesome. same hotel so Great. we have this chance to to work together at the same place in uh, wherever we, we go in, in the cool. world yeah cool it's cool really cool so tell me like when you were training right for example yep. you're training or you're working in Mission Star restaurants mm. were relationships something that was that was on your mind were you in a relationship at that time uh, at that time it was impossible Mm -hmm. Because my mind was a hundred percent, even two hundred percent at work. You focus on yeah, being great. I, I was one hundred percent focused. So I was living for pastry. I was dreaming pastry. I was yeah. sleeping, thinking about pastry. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, pastry was all my life at that time. Yeah. So no, having a personal life at that time was impossible. Impossible. And when I got some days off, I was only partying with my friends. So I was drunk for two days in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lovely lifestyle. This is the life we chose. When you're young, yeah. In the yeah. 20s, is good. Yeah, for sure, it yeah. works. Yeah. When you start getting a little older, then you're like, okay. Things are completely different now. For sure. Especially after 30 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you get to the point where you're a chef and you can kind of make your own... Yeah, you can manage you know, your, your you own can, schedule and yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, make sure that's that great. you can have some spare time to spend with your family or mm -hmm. with your wife or mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Awesome. This is kind of privilege that you can get when you're a chef. Yes. I think. Yeah. Because sometimes it's not really nice being chef. There is a... A good part, but there is also a dark part of the job. Yeah. So you have a lot of responsibilities and mm -hmm. a lot of shit going on sometimes. For and sure. you have to take care of that and For make sure. sure that everything is going well. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of normal to have this privilege to... Absolutely. To take your, your evening. Or there has to be something. Yeah, There of has course. to be something. Yeah. You can't just be uh, the Spending person... your whole life at work and... No. Uh, yeah. no, no, no. The person that has to fix all the problems and you get nothing out of it, you know? Of course. So... Yeah. Oh, cool, cool. Uh, let's talk travel. Yeah, um, you've been to pleasure. many, many countries. 
I did. <laughs> uh, you told me traveling is like a passion of yours, actually. Yep. Where did first of all, where did this like passion come from? Um, I think it's from my uh, childhood mm-hmm. because I was always happy when uh, my parents brought me to holiday when I was young. Like, yeah, uh, I was not able to sleep the rainy day before. Like, I was uh, super excited to, sure. to live in the, in the night or in the morning <laughs> with my my mother and my dad. You know, like uh, driving like six hours going to the to the seaside and yeah. or to the mountains. And so I okay. think it comes from uh, that time. Cool, cool. And I really discover traveling. When I was 21 years old, okay. I was working, uh, remember that company that I told you, my first job as a responsible? Yes. It's been a tough year for me. And I remember my friends uh, called me like, hey, Valentin, we're going to Los Angeles in three weeks to do a road trip. With a, we, we rent a van, a camper van and everything. Uh, do you want to join us? And I was like, okay, so I might think about that. They told me, no, you have to give an answer like right now. Right now. <laughs> so... I said yes to them. Yeah. I bought my flight ticket and I gave my resignation the next day <laughs> after that. <laughs> and uh, I did my passport uh, in emergency in France because I didn't have a passport at wow. that time. So I did my ESTA and all that stuff. And three weeks after, um, we were in Los Angeles. <laughs> and for how I, long? Uh, for three weeks. Wow. So we've been um, traveling around uh, California, mm-hmm. Nevada, Utah, Arizona for three weeks. It's been amazing. So this was like... You're trying to find a way to quit your job, and this was the way. Yeah, that Fuck was it. the way. And since that time, I never stopped tra- awesome. traveling. That's great. Yeah. So where have you been? Where are some uh, where are some places you've been? Uh, Give me a list. List them off. A lot. I, I've been in Australia because I've been living in Australia for one year. Okay. So I've been traveling all around Australia. I've been in Asia like nine times, ten times, something like this. Wow. Five times in Thailand. I've been to Japan. Vietnam, Laos. Awesome. I spent a month in India as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I've been to Mauritius Island. Okay. I don't know. I don't know where that is. It's a small island close to Madagascar in uh, Ile de la Réunion. Okay. In the south part of the Indian Ocean. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. The food over there there is amazing and even the people are amazing. I really love this island. I think I I love island life. Yeah. So this is why I'm going (laughs) back to French Polynesia soon. (laughs) What was your favorite place you've been? Uh, I would you, say it's uh, an island in, in Thailand okay. named Koh Tao. Okay. Yeah, it's in the Gulf of Thailand, and yeah, I I was supposed to to go there for three nights with friends that I met in Bangkok, and finally we spent three weeks over wow. there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like uh, drinking beers and smoking joints and uh, <laughs> watching sunset and you know oh, like a lazy beautiful. life. Yeah, it was beautiful. beautiful. And then um, I came back there like uh, last year with my wife because I've been talking about this island to my wife like for f- four many years and she really wanted to see it so we've been there like uh, wow. last year and I think I will go there as well next month yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really love this island oh my gosh yeah. I have friends there right now actually maybe uh, maybe you'll see them who knows yeah um, yeah what kind of traveler are you are you like uh, I'm a backpacker backpacker yeah 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 I love like uh, traveling with my backpack and mm-hmm. uh, walking, um, sorry, and sleeping in a hostel and you meeting new people and uh, doing kind of parties yeah. and you know like uh, yeah, yeah this kind of lifestyle when I'm traveling. Okay, but when I'm not traveling, like right now in Montreal, I'm more some I'm someone quiet. I love uh, having my uh, personal space mm-hmm. and you know like uh, everything uh, like clean and yeah uh, yeah yeah. yeah. Um, what do you look like? What do you look to get out of when you travel? Like, what do you? What's your goal when you travel? 
just see new things, meet people, yes, food. Um, discovering new culture and especially food. Mm -hmm. I love food. So when I'm going somewhere else in the world, in yeah. a new country, the only thing that I want is discovering their food, the, mm -hmm. the culture of food and to meeting people and uh, new people, see how they live, how they, you know, they, they live their daily life and uh, how does it work over there. And yeah. uh, I love going to the grocery shop in a country that I'm visiting to see Yeah, what kind of products they have? Exactly, they eat like every day, it's, yeah. you know, it's always exciting to for sure. Yeah, to discover this kind of thing, awesome, so. really cool. Um, so your next places of travel, you said you're going to France uh, for a month. France for a month. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. next month. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm leaving mid February Montreal, then I'm going back to France for one month. Okay. Uh, to see friends and family, and then we are going to Bora Bora. Beautiful again. <laughs> Well, first of all, uh, congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, Bora Bora is beautiful. It's paradise on the hook. It's paradise. Yes. Um, you got the job yep. at the Westin. Exactly. Bora Bora yep. as the pastry chef. Yes. Uh, congratulations. Thank That's you very much. It's huge. Merci beaucoup. Um, <laughs> tell, me a little about, tell me a little about Bora Bora. I've never, obviously I've never been. Um, um, it's a paradise island yeah. right in the middle of uh, South Pacific. It's like uh, to get there from France, you have to, to fly from Paris to Los Angeles, mm -hmm. then Los Angeles to Tahiti, and take a small uh, plane from Tahiti to Bora Bora. <laughs> it's like 24 hours of flight, oh and gosh. it's like a, well, a day and a half of uh, traveling. Wow. Yes. It, yeah, it takes a long time to get there, but it's really worth it, trust yeah. me. Yeah. I've seen, well, I've seen some of your pictures. You used to live there before. I used to see those pictures and stuff. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, So where are you going to be staying? At the Westin Hotel. In the hotel? Yeah, in the hotel. They have accommodation for the, for the staff. Mm -hmm. So we got a house uh, accommodation with my wife over there. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. So this is not a trick question, okay? Yep. What is in Bora Bora that you cannot find here? Like, what are you, what are you, what are you going there to do? The lifestyle. Yeah? Yeah. Like, uh, <clears throat> um, the... I, I'm gonna start with the the job because working there is really interesting. Yeah. Because you have to learn that uh, a new way to organize yourself as a professional, yes. as a chef. Yeah. Because you have to order the food from France or from USA, from Mexico, from Canada, from New Zealand. Okay. And you have to organize yourself to to how can I say? You have to organize yourself to Just make sure that everything is um, is going well. Yes. Because sometimes the the boat doesn't doesn't show up, or if there is a thunderstorm in the ocean, you're not getting any food. Exactly. Your food is coming by plane and by boat. Yeah. Both. Okay. Yeah. So there's no uh, no calling your supplier at six uh, o'clock in the morning for 10 a.m. and exactly. saying I messed up. So if you place the order, it's minimum for two weeks. Two weeks. For two weeks. And ah. for example, if you want to order some chocolate from yeah. Valorona in France. It's three months. <laughs> If you place the order in January, you will get it for maybe April. What? Something like this. Yeah. So you have to organize yourself in a different way. Yeah. But it's quite interesting. I mean. Okay, so you're like your uh, your summer menu. But no, you don't. Your your menu for for May, June. You're already thinking about it in yeah. in January, February. We're about to open the hotel on August. Mm -hmm. So. I didn't start thinking about that yet, but as soon as I will get there in two months, I will start to talk with the supplier and to, you know, 
start thinking about that and yeah. uh, what I will do for Christmas, what I will do for the next summer. You have to to work with six months mm-hmm. in advance in your mind, always. And this is time. and this is a brand new hotel that they're opening. Yeah, it is. Okay, it used to be Le Meridien. Okay, before, and they it's still under construction mm-hmm. since a few years. And uh, the big opening is for August. <sighs> yeah, it's gonna be amazing. That's gonna be really yes. really cool. And really, really cool. Back to your questions about this in Bora Bora. I love the um, the lifestyle. Like uh, when you're off, you wake up in the morning, you go to the gym, then you can swim in the lagoon, yeah. which is like 32, 34 degrees <laughs> Celsius <laughs> in the water. <laughs> yeah. Then you grab your scooter, your motorbike, and uh, you can uh, have a, a ride around the island and you stop by uh, on the road to buy a uh, fresh fish Yes. from the, the fisher. And uh, you can grab some fresh fruits on the, mm-hmm. on the trees or someone is selling fruits on the side of the road yeah. it's like a, you know, this kind of lifestyle like island life how long does it take you to get around like the island to ride around the island yeah uh, 20 minutes maximum 20 minutes yeah, it's like a small rock yeah. in the middle of the ocean <laughs> yeah it's really small <laughs> it's really small yeah it is oh my but gosh I love it. there is like a I don't know three four bars and uh, two restaurants on the <laughs> island and six hotels wow. yeah wow. It, it, it sounds boring but it's not yeah, that sounds like that sounds like you get tired of it at at, at some no, no, point. No. You are uh, living in paradise, though. But yeah, I, I've been living there in 2021, and uh, we did the lockdown during COVID over there, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was uh, one of the most amazing time in my life. Wow. Like uh, being locked down on a small island in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> what you more know? can you ask for? Yeah, like uh, just doing sports and yeah. uh, swimming and uh, drinking beers with friends, listening to music, doing BBQs every day. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. Did you guys have to wear masks down there? What do you mean? The mask? You had to wear no. them during COVID? No. No, 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 not at all. Okay. No, because we were in the lockdown in uh, French Polynesia, which was uh, nine hours away from the first continent. And, okay. Uh, so we were really like locked down. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool at that time. Already. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I really, I couldn't say enjoy, but uh, COVID was better. It was, wasn't oh, too bad. It wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the island. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it sounds like you're going to have a pretty big challenge to face there, uh, you know, just with organizing yourself. I know you're very organized, but it's still uh, doing things three months in advance can sometimes get a little tricky. Yeah. Um, but the most important thing as a chef is to, well, at the the very start of it is to make delicious food and pretty food. You know what I mean? Um, so my question to you is how do you like stay up to date on um, like culinary trends, um, yeah. How do you how do you stay I would up say to date? Social media, yeah, yeah. It's really important. It's a part of our job right now. I mean, because uh, it keeps you updated on what is going on in the world in our mm-hmm. uh, culinary uh, mm-hmm. world. So yeah, I'm watching this, and I have also a lot of um, pastry book and culinary book. Okay, and uh, like for Christmas, my wife offered me a new book. Mm-hmm. It's uh, La Pâtisserie Végétale by Pierre Hermé. Okay. It's like a vegan pastry. Yeah. And I'm really interested about that. I know it's a big uh, changing for us in our industry, uh, vegan. And, for sure. Uh, yeah. For I'm sure. quite interesting about that because there is uh, many different ways to to work and to adapt ourselves yeah. in this kind of uh, situation. Yeah. And so how do you get um, inspired? Or what's your, what's your process when you're, you know, when you have to create a new dish? Um, what do you do? How does it go for you? Uh, 
that's a really good question because I'm not, you know, yeah. I love asking myself sometimes the the ideas just uh, show up like this in my mind, like, uh, okay, maybe I should mix that and that and it could be good. So yeah. I'm just doing it. And yeah. sometimes it's work. It works, sorry. But sometimes it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like a uh, inspiration. Like uh, it comes like a, uh, like an idea. Like just like that. Yeah, okay, just cool. Like that. Yes. I remember the other day you made me try a, like a curry marshmallow. I'm still, I'm still not <laughs> over that. I would never think to eat a curry marshmallow or just, you know, yeah. and it was really good. It was really, really good. Yeah. So that was nice. Um, and I'm thinking, I, I've been thinking about new dessert last week. It's like a vanilla ice cream mm-hmm. and caramel uh, déglacé with a rum. Yes. And a cris- crispy bacon inside. Yeah. Like, I know it doesn't sound vegan, but... Uh, <laughs> no, it's definitely not vegan. <laughs> no, it's not. But delicious. Uh, it's on my mind, I have this idea and um, I will try it in Bora Bora. Awesome. Yeah. I tried something similar. At a, at a Five Guys, um, Five Guys Saint Catherine. I want my money back. That shit was disgusting. <laughs> it was it was a milkshake, yep. um, vanilla milkshake, like you said, with caramel. And they give you the choice of putting bacon in there. Already, the extra bacon is like six dollars. What? So you know what? Okay, whatever. I'm gonna try it. And they fucking send me like it looks like they grilled it and like they scraped the grill and all the oil and bits of bacon that's what wow. they gave it this was fucking, it was really bad yeah. and I was so upset I was just sitting because I, I Uber I Uber eats it yeah. I was sitting in my living room alone I was just like so, so, so mad <laughs> <laughs> this milkshake cost me $18 and it was ass you know so, what before I'm leaving I will do uh, one for you yep <laughs> stop it stop you're gonna make me blush <laughs> I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to that um so with all that being said, I have a question for you. Yep. Okay, I'm going to give you a little scenario. You know when you're, you go to a restaurant, okay, and either you're a great customer, um, either the service wasn't the best, mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> so a lot of times you're going to see desserts offered to tables, Yep. right? You as a pastry chef, and I know the work that you put in to make your desserts really pretty and really nice. Um, where do you stand on that? Are you? I know it's a part of. Obviously, the main goal is to make sure that your client is as happy as they can be, and that yeah. you know. But I mean, I changed my mind mm-hmm. about that because back like a few years ago, I didn't understand at that time why uh, we should offer a dessert to yeah. pe- to people like, like they didn't like the the food or mm-hmm. they didn't like the service or whatever. And then I just realized that it's kind of the, it's kind of uh, it's part of the experience, you know. Like uh, it's normal. For if sure. They didn't like the the food, or they mm-hmm. didn't like the dinner or the lunch. We have to do something for them. Yes. You know, it's part of the customer experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm completely agree about that. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I read on mine. Okay. At least they they can finish on the on a on positive, a, on high a positive note. yeah, on positive positive way. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. I uh, I I agree with you. I definitely think that it's, like you said, it's the last thing that you're going to eat. You want to make sure that they finish off happy, you know. But, for example, if I was a chef, right, and I'm going to think of like a hard dish, like a tough dish to make, uh, like a a pâté croûte, okay? Takes time. If I was taking two days to make my pâté croûte, making sure that everything was perfectly beautiful, my dough is cooked properly, la farce, you know, and then I found out that this was being offered to people just because they didn't like 
you know i'd be fucking mad yeah i'd be so mad you yeah. know so like you said I, I i understand but at the same time they're still like i'm like i'll give you something a little easier to i don't know yeah no no i know what you mean yeah it's kind of uh tough sometimes to yeah to accept that but uh i'm agree with that you know fair enough yeah awesome so we're getting to our q a section okay so every episode we're going to do a little segment where i answer questions sent in from the viewers um for my guest you know so if you guys have any burning questions um there's going to be a link in the bio at the farm to fork instagram that you guys can send in any questions and we're gonna you know we're gonna answer a couple every episode and see how it goes you know so chef valentin we Um, and we're going to answer as truthfully as we can here, okay? I have five questions here. Yeah, I'm listening. So, uh, this person has no name. And he asks, what is your, what is the best slash your favorite restaurant in Montreal? Uh, Mustard restaurant. Okay. I, you, you know this restaurant? Yes, I do know this. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first restaurant when I first came in Montreal mm-hmm. one year ago. I've been there for uh, Montréal en Lumière. Okay. Because I had a friend. He's a pastry chef in Lyon, Rémi Avetz, his name. Okay. And uh, he was uh, doing a four-hands dinner over there. Mm-hmm. So I-, I thought, like, that might be a good idea to have a dinner over there and yeah. to meet uh, new people in the, you know, in the, in the city, in our industry. And we had a dinner over there, and uh, it's been amazing. Nice. It was a really good one. Was it a... That's the restaurant where they do a carte blanche, right? Where you can let the... Sh- yes, Okay, exactly. beautiful. And even, I remember the wine was uh, <clears throat> incredible. Nice. Yeah. Okay. The sommelier is really good over there. Cool. Yeah. And it's a small restaurant too, huh? It is, it is. It's like uh, 30, 40 covers maximum. Yeah. Cool. I love this kind of, you know, yeah. small restaurant. Like uh, everything is homemade like, properly mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you can feel the love in the plate. Absolutely. It's really important. Absolutely. Um, my favorite restaurant in Montreal is, uh, I have two. It's a mix. Uh, Sate Brothers on Notre Dame. Yep. Just the vibe is wonderful. The vibe is insane. Um, they have the best bao buns in the city, by far. <clears throat> and yeah, just like you, you step in there, you step in the restaurant, and it just feels like it's it's awesome. I can't even explain. It. You gotta go, Satay Brothers for sure. Sounds like I have a try before leaving. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> We should go together. Yeah, yeah. Avec plaisir. Let's do it. And then Joe Beef. Uh, Joe Beef is well, you know, Joe Beef is Joe Beef. Really, <laughs> really great. Uh, yeah. Question number two. Yep. This comes from Emma. Shout out to Emma. She asks, what is the biggest challenge that you faced as a chef or as a manager? Um, it's to take care of my team. Mm-hmm. Like to, to make sure that uh, everybody's doing good, is uh, going well, you know what I mean? Like uh, everybody's happy every day and they, they keep their... How can I say? Mm. Just to make sure that everything... Just to make sure that they're happy, first yeah, of all. Their they mo- they, they have the motivation, yes. and you know. Yeah. I think that's the hardest part of the job of being chef is to take care of the team. Mm-hmm. It's not like doing desserts or cakes or, you know, like to take care of the orders or yeah. all these kind of things. It's just to make sure that your team is doing well. Because without your team, you're nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. But do you have like an example of a time where this was the hardest thing that I had to do or this is the... You see, like, uh, you know, just like the roughest time that you've had in a kitchen. Uh, like, that story behind that. 
that's a really good question. Um, yep. Yeah. No. <laughs> I got one. I, I definitely have uh, one of the biggest challenges that I face. I can't like there's one that just comes to my comes to my mind. Um, I once had like and this was <laughs> this is recently too. Um, the reason it affected me so hard was because it was right before um, I don't know if it was my birthday or if I was going on vacation actually. But it was right before I was going to have some, like, a good bit of time off. Yep. So I was really, like, <clears throat> looking forward to this. And it was, in the middle of, no, it was in the middle of the summertime. So we were working very, very hard. Um, I had two people quit at the same time, basically. One person on vacation. That's three people gone. And then I had one person who... Um, I don't know how you say that. He was sick. He was on, he was on like sick leave for like two weeks, and this was all happening at the same time. At the same time, yeah. Um, and I'm super tired, and I know that I have some. I I, I know that I'm having some time off soon that I'm probably not going to be able to take because I have yeah. to, you know. And that was just like really really hard to get through. Yeah. You know. Um, but talking about that, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I have a souvenir about that. It was my first head pastor chef position in yeah. Lyon in Intercontinental mm-hmm. and I remember that uh, that was a few weeks before Christmas and I started losing my uh, team day after day like uh, someone was not able to work uh, with the visa anymore yeah. and the other one just uh, quit before, because I was too hard <laughs> to them you know and I know that was my, my first position as a, uh, as a sure. chef so, so you want to yeah so at that time i didn't know how to act and how to to be with the with the team and um i had the skills to you know to make desserts and cakes uh, as i said but i didn't know how to manage a team at that time yeah so i was really hard and mean to them like uh, i pushed them too much mm-hmm. and i lost almost all my team Damn. like a few weeks before christmas i was almost alone oh my gosh yeah how do you how do you get through that how do you i was working more than 20 hours and I can tell you, I start at five in the morning, and I finished around one a.m. So I didn't see my wife a lot at that time. For, yeah. And my executive chef was helping me to bake the croissant in the morning at oh, five. Man. I was doing the service, I was doing the mise en place, the order. I was doing banqueting. I was doing everything. Jeez. Yeah. I have no regrets because I learned from that time. Exactly. And I think, at least, I'm trying to do better now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be a a better person a better chef a better professional every day you know absolutely yeah that's great yeah cool <laughs> question number three yep comes from Malanchi. shout out to Malanchi. um she says do you believe that someone may inherently be a bad cook or where does bad cook stem from um i don't think i don't believe that someone like this person here you're just predisposed in life to not be able to cook. Mm-hmm. I think everybody can cook. Of course, yeah. Everyone can cook. It's just, you know, it's not as it's not as easy as it may look. No. Um, you have to understand what you're doing, obviously. If I put this amount of salt, is my dish going to be too salty? Yeah. If I cook this piece of meat, depending on the size, for this amount of time, it's going to be over, but under. If you want to improve yourself, you have to push yourself. Exactly. Uh, you have to be focused and... Uh doing more and more every day. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's kind of hard, but uh, yes. if you are really motivated and you want to do it, you, you can do it. Everyone, everybody can do it. Yeah, every, everybody can Nothing do it. Nothing is impossible. I do think that baking is harder than cooking, however. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because well, I mean, I can I can make because it. For example, I guess. Uh, 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 for me, it's impossible to do your job. For example, mm-hmm. you know? like, and uh, but same here. Yeah, I have a huge respect for you because for me, it's like impossible for me for being yeah. a cook, like a chef cook. You know, mm-hmm. the thing is with pastry, it's like okay, like like if you're a cook, for example, you're a chef, and you're making a dish. Okay, yep, you can put an extra dash of salt or extra cracks of pepper or, you know, yeah. I'm going to, th- I think this is going to, this going to fit good in here. Let's put that in. Yeah. If you're baking and you put yeah, one on teaspoon no. of baking soda extra, yeah. your whole dish is completely you fucked. You have to be super precise. Super, yeah. super precise. This that, is science. I think, yeah, that's the difference between uh, yeah. cuisinier and pâtissier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's very, very, uh, that's why I think that I could not do this. I'm really like, I really love to. I'm pretty sure you can do it. I never tried, really. You have to. I never tried. Like I, like the most baking I've done was in uh, was in, like, was in culinary school. Yep. Um, I remember one time I was working at a restaurant and they uh, someone made a we were making the genre de verin. Yep. And someone really messed it up, and <laughs> my chef comes up to me at the time. She's like, Jacob, you're fresh out of culinary school. You know how to make a Swiss meringue. I'm like, yeah, you got to make one for these verins right now because we have like three on order. I don't like, okay. So I go to the back and I start, I make a Swiss meringue and like I save the day. <laughs> I felt really, really happy, but I never want to do that again because it was really. Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty sure you, you can do it. I'll, uh, I'll give it a try. You have a hidden uh, pastry skills maybe, inside of you. Yeah, maybe. Pretty sure. <laughs> Potentially. We're going to see very soon. <laughs> I like making cookies. I like making cookies. Yeah. Have you made the, some for tonight? No, unfortunately, no. <laughs> Next time, before you leave. <laughs> um, no name. They ask, this is question number four, what characteristics do you think you need to have to work in the restaurant industry? Uh, I would say a strong one. Mm-hmm. You have to be strong in your, in your mind like uh, because it's kind of tough environment. So if you're not... Uh, Resist in the time. Mm-hmm. You have to be strong in your mind and uh, in your character. You have to show up your character. Like, uh, yeah. I, I'm not comfortable about, about saying this, but you have to show your balls. Like, uh, mm-hmm. this is me. I'm here yeah. and uh, I want to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I think I think you need to you need to be coachable for sure. Um, you need to be a sponge. You need to be willing to willing to you know admit that you're maybe not right and for someone to come yep. and teach you show you show you why Resilience. yeah exactly like you said for sure you still need to have like tough skin because it can get really uh but you have to be open mind at the same time so exactly to learn from others mm-hmm. from everybody mm-hmm. and you just gotta like you gotta have a good attitude it's a hard it's a very very hard job so if you come in there and you're already down and you're you know you're sad or you have a lot of other shit going on you're gonna like you're gonna get chewed up and spit out you know mm. you really have to be just, yeah just come with a good attitude yep. be resilient um be coachable and you'll be fine everything else everything else you can learn but like having that personality it's either you have it or you don't right so skills you can learn but you know yeah. 
100% agree with you. This is the fifth and final question. This person is called He Who Shall Not Be Named. Okay. Um, <clears throat> they ask, what makes a good chef? A good mentality. Uh-huh. First of all, good mentality. And uh, I have a sentence that I'm always saying is uh, leading by example. Yes. Yeah. If you want to be a good chef, you have to to show the example to all your team and to everybody. Mm-hmm. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to be you have to be nice to others, you have to be interesting, you yeah. have to be you have to be present for them, you know, like yes. uh, you have to to show that you're present, that mm-hmm. you know how to do, that you do you have to make them comfortable, yes. you have to You also can't you, you also can't ask your team to do something that you cannot do or that you will not do. Exactly. You know? Yeah. That's very, very important. Yeah, I'm always taking the, the example of the of the bin. You cannot tell them to change the bag of the bin. If, if you, you never, if you don't if do you it yourself. Never do it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I'm doing everything in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I don't mind about scraping the floor or changing mm-hmm. the bin or mm-hmm. doing the dishwashing stuff and uh, I don't mind. Yeah. Being chef is like being commis, demi, chef de partie, sous chef. It's You're everything. You're all, all over the position. The place. Yeah. For sure. And sometimes uh, being dad as well. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the main thing yes. it seems like recently. Um, I also think for being a good chef that you have to, you have to, you know, be able to keep your cool under pressure, which everyone says it, but you know, you see some chef, like if you're, you know, you're a chef and things get busy during the service and you're screaming and you're throwing shit around. It's not helping anybody. No, you didn't show the the right example. You're not showing the right example. I was, I used to be like Mm -hmm. this, but I'm not anymore and I'm still working on this to improve myself yes because where i'm coming from like michelin star restaurant mm-hmm. you know everybody's under pressure you can get super mad and yeah i, um, I already seen my uh, ex-head chef in a michelin star restaurant uh, throwing this set on the wall because the maitre d didn't came uh, on time he was pissed off so he took the paribas and he, he threw it on the on the yeah. wall like uh, your big deep shit and uh why did you come uh 30 come seconds earlier too late. <laughs> so yeah yeah it's yeah, it's you know, it's you, like you, you don't show the um, the good way, the good attitude. No, yeah? even if it's super busy or you you know you're getting exhausted or mm-hmm. whatever, I don't know. You have to be positive all the time. For sure, being positive is a part of being a good chef as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, you're the you're you're the general. You're leading your guys into war. Yep. If they see that you can't handle it or you're scared or whatever, leading by example, they cannot. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yep. So, yeah, that's a. Uh, Hope that answers your question. Um, that's it for me. Cool. That's all I got. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yeah, I've uh, I've worked with many great pastry chefs. I feel like in my uh, in my career, um, I feel like you're one of the really good ones. Thank you very much. You know, so Absolutely. I'm uh, like I said in the beginning, just in terms of everything, in terms of uh, creativity balance professionalism experience you know that means uh it means a lot and it's really cool that you can uh come into your place like you did and you know make a difference make things happen move things around and people were you know still get that respect of everybody so really cool um wish you the best of luck in the west end bora bora thank you very much uh and yeah just thank you for and i want to add that it has been a pleasure for me to work with you as well the, your passion and your professionalism and uh, yeah. everything for the person that you are it's been a 
Real pleasure. Thank you, Chef. And thank you very much for inviting me. Thanks for being the first one, man. Yeah, it's uh, no, no for me. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how to. I don't really know how to end this off. Uh, <laughs> peace. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Bisous. Bisous. That's it.